Hey guys, how are you doing? Uh, welcome to the podcast. This is this specific podcast is called Project A Plus, where we talk about A Plus movies, right? Yep, exclusively A Plus movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, do you want to introduce yourself? Oh, I guess I'm Hunter, by the way. Uh, yeah, I'm Q. Okay, that's interesting, isn't it? So, Hugh, what do we do on this podcast? First, we vamp for a little bit, and then we talk about. It. <laughs> I mean, that's every so, podcast. Though. Every podcast is a, is like a amount of vampy. But we're gonna like be very rigid and structured about this, so there'll be like a little uh, jingle that plays at this point. It says vamp time. It's like vamp <laughs> time to vamp, and uh, and it will go for a set duration. So you know, if people want to skip it, they know how to do that. It always comes like at the two minute mark. Well, do you want to skip our wonderful voices? Just in theory, like it seems like a bizarre concept to me if someone did want to skip it, but just in case, we provide that option. Yeah. It's like a service. Yeah, it's a good service. Or or in case people want to just listen to the vamps. Yeah, we just really care about our listeners' uh, time. Yeah, we do. Yeah, Big fans of their time. Yeah, yeah. Because they like to eat it. Yeah. Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> This is good stuff. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, the time is delicious. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's a local source. I don't know why you were taking credit for it. You didn't create time. Yeah, yeah I did. Well, I guess you made time for this podcast. So. Yeah. Should I quote a little bit from the Dave Bowie song, Time? Yeah, I think you should. Anyway, what's the Featured so what in one podcast? of the films. What's the... Yes. The theme of uh, today's podcast is uh, some of the cinematic output of music's David Bowie. <laughs> I prefer to think of uh, him as Miming's David Bowie. Ah, the mime is, is good. I was surprised yeah. by how good the mime was. Yeah, he, he was a mime for a while. Actually, the first thing on IMDb he's credited for is for a televised mime special. Wow. Yeah, I know. We should have watched that. I wonder how many rock musicians would get away with doing a mime set in the middle of their show. Probably no one besides Bowie. Yeah. <laughs> what if Dylan's Dylan? Would be amazing. <laughs> I would love that so much. But before we get into the discussion of these particular Bowie films, we'll be looking at. Do you have something to say? Um, I have been looking at the, the news recently. You know. Uh huh. Oh, this God. is that famous bit where I vamp on the news. But this is not recent news. Like, it was recently reported in, like, an Australian news publication. Mm. Um, but I see that it was reported in the New York Times uh, at the end of March. And I'm sure there's previous reports to this. But, you know, uh, Asperger's syndrome. Yes, I know of it. Of it. Named after uh, a, an Austrian doctor. Right. Dr. Hans Asperger. Uh-huh. Um, so new documents have uh, revealed him to be, of course, a Nazi collaborator. Just uh. um, despite the fact that he later posited himself as someone who shielded his special children from the Nazis, he in fact uh, donated uh, the more troubled children to the Nazi eugenics program knowing full well that they would be experimented <laughs> upon and most of them would not make it out of it alive. Uh, Isn't that great? Is there any particular reason that you're uh, bringing this up, you? So I just like the idea that uh, suddenly uh, everyone who has this diagnosis um, 
we'll now have to live with this. I did like that there was a um, quote from Carol Povey, the director at the UK's Centre of Autism, who said, obviously no one with a diagnosis of Asperger syndrome should feel in any way tainted by this very troubling history. Um, But I I frequently get diagnosed with with Asperger's by my mother, who also diagnoses most of her acquaintances with that condition. I could have it. And the reason I mention it is because in Australia, it's uh, Hitler's birthday today. Oh my God. As well as Weed Day. Uh. And I guess that's tomorrow for you. It's Weed Day. Are you going to light one up to celebrate? Why did you bring that up? That, that's so random. I just read it before. Uh, why was it, you mean why am I talking about Nazis on a podcast about David Bowie? I don't no, know. No, no why idea. are you talking about this particular Okay, whatever. Um <laughs> Well, this quickly got off the rails. <laughs> wow. Okay, so uh what what what, <laughs> what films are we gonna talk about today, you? Well, we're gonna be looking at two films. Uh, the first is, I'm not sure what the official title is. Let's just call it, uh, Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. That is the official title of the film. Which is the 1973 concert film by D.A. Pennybacker. The second film we'll be looking at is Just a Gigolo. A masterpiece, uh, of, I guess just like any sort of cinema, right? I mean, if you, if you're already a, uh, Bowie fan, you're obviously already a fan of just a gigolo. Yeah, it's kind of like the entry point for a lot of new fans, I Gateway. think. Gateway, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we, we'll start, I guess, with Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. So Yes. So insert a catchy Bowie song right now. Being a star is watching I get and it's no. Yeah, we can set it up. You could talk about your uh, fandom for for David Bowie uh, in contrast with my fandom for for Dylan, I guess. Yeah, I feel like uh, unlike your stupid fandom for Dylan, yours is legitimate because Bowie's. Yeah, great. mine's legitimate because uh, mine emerged when I was basically an adult, which is to say, when I was around twenty years of age. Interesting. Um, yeah, I was sort of. I guess I was like okay with Bowie, but when I was uh, 18 and 19, I went through a period of uh, sort of just really hating anything that had to do with, like, rock and roll Hmm. whatsoever. And uh, I still don't like rock and roll that much, but I do like David Bowie a lot, so there you go. Good story. Good story. Um, I don't know. I just started listening to some of his albums because I basically only knew his, like, hits, you know? What got you in? What was the first thing that you really got into? Uh, possibly, uh, related to the topic that you opened this podcast with, but, uh, it's the album Station to Station. <laughs> it's most overtly, uh, Nazi-ish. Uh, it's one of my favorite records of his, actually, but yeah. Yeah, it's great. I think it's one I of would the say, best ones. 
I think it's 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 the only record that I'm like, yeah, that's kind of a perfect record, mostly because of how short it is. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't leave leave time to just like uh, fuck around, which I like a lot. I like that Dylan man. I think I got into Bowie maybe uh, not at a dissimilar age, but maybe a little bit earlier. I think I might have been like seventeen or eighteen or something. Um, and I really heavily fell for Hunky Dory. She's still like a it's a sentimental favorite of mine. It's got some songs that aren't like terrific, but no, I think it's a bit of a mixed bag of an album. But I really like it anyway. And I and from there I I've obviously expanded. But uh, I liked Ziggy Stardust, but it it was never my favorite record. I could not completely get into it. It's still got some again, like much like Hunky Dory. It's still got some songs that I really love on it, though. What I think is the highs of uh, Ziggy Stardust don't match for me the highs of hunky dory or didn't like hit me as personally um, as that age. well i can't follow you down that rabbit hole uh, although i loved i loved five years maybe it's because i loved the opening five track so much that the, the rest of the record never quite lived up to that opening track i kind of agree with you in a sense but i also like love rock and roll suicide too so it's like <laughs> like those and like lady stardust is those like my three favorite songs of that album probably but you know, Starman's great. Starman's great. Yeah. James good. It's a, and it's a it's a pretty solid Lady record. Like, there's yeah. no tracks that really seem out of place or dashed off. Like it's a pretty solid end to end record. Perhaps more yeah. so than Hunky Dory. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It seems to be about the same like level of like star. It ain't easy. I don't know. Um, so this film, this film, okay, yeah, Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. Ziggy Stardust, Spiders from Mars, which proved to be the last uh, concert in which he performed under that moniker. Um, so I looked into this as a little bit of a troubled production. Uh, originally, yeah, D. A. Pennybacker didn't even know much about Dylan and thought he was going to do a Mark Bolan concert, which is funny. And then he was convinced after seeing some shows. You mean he didn't know Bowie? You said Dylan. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> yeah, Benny Becker was just so confused. He just didn't know what was going on. What's this red hair man? I thought he was a folk singer. This Bob Dylan is great. He's really changed. Um, wow, that accent's so perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so there was there was some technical limitations to the production. Um, they had a few cameras set up. One of them turned out to be unusable oh, really which was one of the ones a little bit further back so a lot of it is so this is they filmed between, mostly close-ups right? yeah most of it's close-ups and shots of the audience yeah. uh, which to be honest i think i think works for it yeah, yeah. it's better than if it was like more i don't know yeah because like a, there's 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 little worse than like a conventional music yeah. concert film and it was it was really sort of the um contrast between like the very uh low angled shots of bowie face and then like cutting to the slightly like more higher angled uh shots of the crowd yeah there's something about that that really worked yeah there was something for me visceral and rough in the way it's put together that i think makes it kind of more compelling than it could have been yeah i agree i don't think overall it's cinematically that distinguished no i don't know i don't know if it quite escapes the the genre that it's in I will. I will say, um, if you're not a fan of Bowie, yeah, there's uh, no real reason. There's no to reason watch it. to watch it. Whereas yeah. 
I mean, we might argue a little bit about this, but I think there's more reason to watch something like Don't Look Back without being a fan of Dylan necessarily. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It definitely doesn't have quite the same historical weight as Don't Look Back does. No, but obviously it's not trying to be the same thing. It's more of a document of this performance. Yeah, and it's obviously like a pretty important moment in Bowie's uh, performing career too. And uh, there's something sort of like, it's like a big Bowie fan. It's like, I, I do enjoy sort of like the interludes where it's like changing costumes and stuff where like it cuts back from the, the stage where his band's still playing versus the, you know, the back stuff. Yeah, I like that uh, too. I like, I like Ringo Starr. <laughs> <laughs> just sitting there. Yeah, for like one scene. <laughs> and his um, live naked body. I saw several of the costumes today, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah, including the um, sort of like leotard thing. But the most important thing is those Bowie Metro cards. Oh, I actually got one. Yeah. Which one did you get? I got the I got the thin thin white duke one. Just the one I wanted. God, it was so I waited in a line for an hour and fifteen minutes. <laughs> Were they other Bowie tragics in line? Did they look Oh god, they I, it made you feel like such a, a complete like piece of garbage being in line. <laughs> because like, I really was like, I hate myself. <laughs> Because everyone there was just like a, a fucking nerd troglodyte, you know? <laughs> and like, what made me like really hate them is that uh, they're trying to get the complete set because there's five of them, right? Yeah. So it took forever for that reason. Like, the line itself wasn't that long. Hmm. But people were buying like 10 or 12 Metro cards in the attempt to, to get the ones that they wanted, right? Or to get a complete set. So there was no way of choosing what came out. No. Interesting. Which is. Which is fine with me, because I was like, I'll just take whichever one I get. Yeah, yeah. So you got that by chance, then? Yep, I did. Uh, I'd have been fine with that one, or the... There's one where he's dressed as, as a mime, for, and I wanted that one, too. Um, but I'm happy with the one I got, so... So what did you think of the material that Bowie performed on this show? Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's alright. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. What did you think of it? <laughs> that, is a, that is a sufficient answer yeah yeah it's all right yeah yeah part of the joy of this podcast is is the audience <laughs> having to interpret what we th- really think about something i like that it's it's either one of us gives a really sufficient answer the other one is just like yeah yeah okay it's neither like we're never like both articulate no <laughs> it's like we're like this symbiotic creature i don't think one part of us can <laughs> Take the blood at any one time. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, it, I suppose it had less of um, Ziggy Stardust than I expected. Well, this is because it came um, after he had like released uh, Out Insane too. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting mix of sort of older, but I guess that's what he was sort of going for, right? Um, the songs that I didn't immediately recognize were the Man Who Sold the World, world tracks. Um, which is an album I never got around to um, listening to, actually. It's not It's not one of my favorites. Yeah, I know it's not, it's not his best record, but uh, I still meant to listen to it at some point. I just never got around to it. Listen to it right now. I could. and But those songs are a little, probably the least interesting of the set, really. Yeah, I guess. It's like The Width of a Circle and stuff like that. That's the only one which gets a bit, of the world, right? Which gets a bit tedious. I think there was an, is there yeah. another one? No, it's just that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm looking at the checklist right now. Did you actually watch this movie? Yeah, I guess it was just that one and um Oh no, and there's the the one from Space Oddity, which is Wild Eyed Boy from uh Freak Out. Like, what were the songs that you felt like you could 
ca- that captured the magic of, of Bowie performing. Uh, All the Young Dudes was a good rendition. Yeah. I liked, it's a good song. I liked Oh You Pretty Things as well, uh, which was right one after another. Yeah, I like that sort of um, quick cutting between them. And I liked My Death. That stood out for me as well. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Or in French, L'Amour. Yeah, you got it. I guess because the French title is, is L'Amour, right? That'd just be death, wouldn't it? Not not my death. Yes, it would be. There's no possessive there. No, it would be Mamor. Yeah, Mamor. 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 And I didn't like look like the, by, when my death first started, I was like, oh, this is going to be insufferable. But I liked it by the end. It's <laughs> so funny. It's a well-crafted song, so like I was like, oh, these good lines. Actually, I really like the performance of Time, which is not my favorite song by any means. But I thought the performance was good. I must say, I did not especially enjoy anything that went into like an instrumental vamp with like Mark Ronson. Oh yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. No, like whenever whenever Bowie was not on stage, it was just like, eh. <laughs> who's the one guy with the long hair and just like? We think he was orgasming the entire time. Mark Ronson. Was the, it? Was the that guitarist. Him? Like the lead guitar guy. Oh, I guess so. Yeah. He got the most like airtime aside from Bowie. Who was in like he was in like a glittery jumpsuit. With the that had like his almost like his nipples hair. out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was really like making the his like orgasm face. It was like really weird. <laughs> And D.A. Pinnabing are sure, sure likes to, like, take photographs of, like, young groupies, huh? Like, yeah. Like, his, like, <laughs> like, his thing. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, I don't know. He, I mean, you definitely get, like, sort of the sense of how charismatic of a performer probably was. He's, he's definitely way more cinematic than, than Dylan is. Dylan is a charismatic performer. Uh, yeah. Or was a charismatic performer. I'm, he's not so much these days. <laughs> now he's just a stuffed doll. <laughs> Like, I did see him live, like, you know, it wouldn't have been that far from Marston Anonymous era, I guess. Mm. <laughs> a few albums, <laughs> a few albums in excess of that. Uh, and it was a really good performance, but, like, he's he doesn't have that... He's not a uh, charismatic... Yeah, sure. I mean, he's charismatic just by dint of who he is, but... <laughs> I don't know why we're talking about... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's because there's not much to talk about with this film. Like, it's basically yeah, it's just, just sort of. Yeah, I mean it's you know it's it's historically interesting if you're a Bowie fan, but aside from that, like I don't know, it's a good film concert. That's about all you can say about it. Now, if if we compare this to other film concerts, as I said, there's a lot of terrible ones that are really exclusively fan service. This is a bit of a step above that, Um, but a step above this, I'd say, would be things like um, Stop Making Sense, obviously. But also, I would say probably my favorite concert film is Sign of the Times, directed by Prince. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, which is a genuinely great concert film. Um, and there's, like, really silly interludes with characters and stuff. Like, it's like a stage production. Um, but it's a, it's a great concert film. Hey, what was your favorite Bowie costume? In this film? Yes. I liked when... So, when... During one of the solos, I think on Moon Age Daydream, when Mark Ronson is just playing the solo and Bowie leaves the stage. And I think maybe Ringo Starr is there at that point. No, that's that's later. But he gets I into think. like that, that rainbow lollipop striped jumpsuit. I like that mm-hmm. one. Yeah, I think I like that bizarre like, kimono thing a lot. It's mm. <laughs> my favorite. They will take a costume out of a uh, house. <laughs> As in the Hugh Laurie show. 
yeah. <laughs> he had scrubs on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you miss this part? <laughs> yeah, I didn't remember that. And then, and then Jesus there too. <laughs> the the version I watched was so bad. Uh, no, mine wasn't. Mine was okay. I actually kind of liked how how crummy <laughs> it was. Because obviously, like the the source is not great. I don't think. So yeah, the version I watched was um, like a daily motion cut. It wasn't the right aspect. One of them was the right aspect ratio, but didn't have all the parts. The one that <laughs> um, had the wrong aspect ratio was. Oh, in see, full. So we, you should watch it again with the in the correct aspect. Yeah, obviously it needs that. So it made it widescreen when it's more of a four three thing, I think, or one three three like one. So you miss so much of the so much detail. the top, yeah. <laughs> Even though it's usually just blackness with a of his orange figure in the middle, but um, it all because it, it's daily motion, it would intercut these ads, right? And that's so funny. One of the ads would just fr- screw up the entire stream. You couldn't get past okay. the ad; it would just stop and freeze on that, and you had to reload the page. Uh-huh. So I eventually used a VPN to say I was in America and then it worked better for some reason. It had no ads. I don't understand. But yeah, I watched it. So it was a little bit like frustrating getting through some of it. And then it was out of sync as well. So, oh, so you, may, you may have enjoyed it a little more if you had actually like, watched it. But the first half would seem to be in sync and then, yeah, and then it was out of sync for the rest of it. Which is actually, great. that's funny because some of uh, Just a Gigolo was out of sync for me. Ah, I didn't notice. It. I, c- I think I it was just bad it was just, uh, sound design, honestly. It was well, could, terrible. It was like design. bad dubbing or what? It was <laughs> did, bad did dubbing. It? it was definitely. Bad I guess you should. I guess you should end our talk. Well, how many stars would you give this movie? <laughs> our rating system. Uh, our, our unique rating system that we come up with. Yeah. How many lightning bolts would you give it? I'd probably give it like I don't know, maybe like three or three and a half. What about you? Yeah, it's four. Four. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, I liked it quite a bit. That's a whole star above Don't Look Back. Yeah, it's. I liked it more than I Don't Look Back. <laughs> Don't Look probably a more important film, but I don't care. Uh, okay, I guess we should move on to our uh, our other talk. I'm not a fascist or a pedo or a chigolo, but I played one in a film. It's a comedy, but you won't giggle. Marlena Dietrich was Matt co-star, but she refused to go to Germany. I got no Dietrich, but she got her money. So, so Just a Gigolo is a strange uh, production that was made, I guess, around the time Bowie was in Berlin, right? Yeah, um, yeah, it's it about the same time. I think, I think Heroes had just come out, if I remember correctly. Yeah, okay. So he hadn't done Logi yet. No. Um, and it's a, I don't know, do you want to explain what the hell the Yeah, sure, it's a, it's a, it's a hilarious comedy. <laughs> Uh, is it a comedy? I don't know. It's a it's a movie uh, directed by. It's an intended dark comedy. I would say. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. Um, it's sort of. Uh, it was directed by David Hemmings, who uh, some of our viewers may know is an actor of some renown. He's in Blow Up and uh, uh, Dario Argento's Deep Red. Fine actor who actually appears in the film as a. Uh, uh, Proto Nazi, a, a, a gay Nazi, <laughs> which there were historically. The leader of the SS or the organization that preceded the SS was was gay, 
before he got purged. Uh, yeah, so it's always a bad sign, I think, when with the director of your of your film put cast himself as a uh, a gay Nazi. <laughs> put that out there. Um, so I guess uh, I I have no idea why Bowie wanted to do it. <laughs> Every scene in the movie, he just seems like he wants to be somewhere else. Um, I guess I should talk about what it is, which is it's about a uh, Prussian uh, aristocrat who uh, gets blown up during the First World War. Um, everyone thinks he's dead. He wakes up in France and then returns to Germany, not having his the wealth of his family has been evaporated by the Treaty of Versailles and sort of looks around for a job and a fucking hour into the fucking movie he becomes a gigolo for like 30 minutes and then he dies and that's it that's the entire movie it's uh, you know what uh when i I first was watching this is why i gave it a a star instead of half a star i was kind of enjoyed it like it really didn't start like up until uh i would say the scene where he is dressed up in like a the beer bottle mascot yeah i was like this it's not funny at all but i kind of enjoy like this stupid like 70s wacky like oh sort of comedy you know what i mean i like the idea of people watching this in the hopes that its title promises like a salacious softcore romp and being you know horribly what? disappointed. There's only yeah. There's like not even any any nudity at all. No, there's like there's, there's like some a nipples. Transparent. There's a see through. Yeah, yeah. Transparent. Do you know what dress. that that woman? I've only seen her in one other movie, and it's uh, Robin Plansky's Plansky's uh, rape comedy, which oh, is Jesus Christ. <laughs> appropriately titled "What?" <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> exactly, Mister Plansky. Exactly. But she's terrible. Oh, my God. Oh, it's, it's got a great cast. This also features uh, Marlena Dietrich, who came out of retirement for this film, <laughs> but refused refused to go to Germany again after her experiences. And you can't tell at all. You can't tell that she's in, uh, in Paris and the rest of the movie's being shot in Berlin. So even though she has scenes with David Bowie, they were never in the same room, not even in the same city. So. Which, is, which is funny because uh, what scant information there's about this film is that Bowie wanted to work with Dietrich. Yeah, that was one of the things that were dangled in front of him to get him to accept this film. So it's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, so I guess you should just talk about like the bits of it that were uh, notable, which there are not many. It's the one thing, the, the weird thing about this film is one of those films, and there are actually quite a few films of this, where it seems like it simultaneously has too high a budget and too low a budget. Yeah. So some of the scenes you like... Are quite handsomely produced and would have had quite a lot of work being put into the production design. Like, say, the beer bottle scene that I talked about earlier. But there's also a lot of technical shortcomings that make it seem really cheap, especially in the first, like, 20 minutes or so. It seems like an absolute production nightmare that sometimes has been cobbled together. Um, and tonally, it's like, it, it's it even... It's all over the fucking all, place. Yeah, so it starts off as a sort of weird slapstick garbage <laughs> with like a terrible musical score that, that keeps <laughs> yeah, great. like this european it's like so circus bad. music it's so it's so bad that i really liked it um and it was insufferable for 20 minutes and then it kind of settles down <laughs> to something a little bit more wry and wistful and i use those and words boring loosely <laughs> ironically <laughs> Like, like literally the last like 30 minutes of the movie like i could not tell you anything that happens besides like 
It's just nothing. Eventually, Kim Novak's in there for some reason. I don't. Oh my god. It's it's so it's just nothing. There's nothing there. Uh, oh, apparently, there's a German version that was 147 <laughs> minutes long. Damn, we didn't get to see that. Actually, I think I think one of the reasons it's so uh, uh, so nonsensical is because it was taken from him and edited by the studio. Okay. So, so this version. Uh, even though it it's only comes in about a hundred minutes, right? I looked for the longer version. Trust me. <laughs> um, so I, this, you know, what? I thought this was torture. I would totally watch the if it surfaced ever. I would watch the. Uh, I could not watch that two hour version. This was one of the more torturous, like a hundred minutes of of my life today. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It felt like living and dying several times. Gosh. You know, it just it's endless, like. The last, like, I, I, I had to watch it in chunks, because how else could you, right? I watched it and, in like, full. Early, wow, I, I, I'm surprised you're still alive. But uh, earlier today, actually, I finished it, and I was on, like, the last seven minutes, right? And it felt like, like an eternity. Oh, God, it feels so long. So, like, I, w- I was watching it essentially all in one sitting, but, like, I would take a break to, like, make a cup of tea or something. And, like, I really extended that tea break. Like, I was, like, <laughs> leisurely throwing the kettle in. Uh, and it's like, I have to go back in there and watch the rest of this now. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's so bad. Um, I mean, you seem to obviously by your star rating, perhaps prefer it to Master Anonymous, <laughs> but I found Master Anonymous, like there was more amusing things to keep me going. The, the dialogue was so ludicrous. I felt like I wanted to and... peel my eyes out when I was watching <laughs> Master Anonymous. <laughs> This I thought was incredibly boring, but uh but at like, least I wasn't like Boston Anonymous, I like it has such a myself. ridiculous cast. Like you're like, why are these people in it? And it's like a, it's a ridiculous cast. Uh Master Anonymous totally all the way. Five stars. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. Gets a no star. No, that's anonymous. I hope that that whoever like I hope all the DVDs get burned up. I hope it gets, like, purged. That's, like, one of the worst movies I've seen in my entire life. No, come on. Just a Gigolo is <laughs> no, so much worse. No, I, I would watch Just a Gigolo two more times before I'd watch Master Anonymous again. I love how it basically was, like, uh, Nazis and communists are basically the same thing. It was weird. So this film ends, spoilers for our listeners, with uh, David Bowie in his deathbed in a Nazi yeah. uniform. Because they've taken his body and claimed it to be one of their own. What do, what do you think of Bowie? Uh, I'm not sure the how this was produced in terms of if it was shot relatively, you know, in a like in a linear order or anything like that. Because his performance uh, for the first chunk of the film is is terrible. Like it, there's no performance. I feel like he looks like his soul has been sucked out. Yeah. I'd say. And then he settles into it a little <laughs> bit more um, when the when the film kind of calms down a bit. It's not a good performance, but it's not. A Which is strange because he's. I mean, generally he's like a pretty decent actor. I mean, you can tell. You can tell he's like got some promise as an actor, but yeah, yellow beard. I mean, the character. There's no character really. <laughs> no. Like I don't. I don't know. Like why would you hire Bowie to play somebody who's just not charismatic at all? <laughs> Even he's supposed to be a jiggle. Like there's nothing. There's like no seduction scenes or anything. Like, he just is. And I didn't understand any of his emotions or reactions to things. Because he doesn't have any. He's just sort of, he's just, he's just like a, he's like an existential, like, black, like, I don't know. He just follows whatever path is, is like, going, right? Like, that's yeah, it. Just, yeah, it's just terrible. It's a terrible film. Don't watch it. <laughs> don't watch Please. it. Please. Unless, you, unless you're curious. But it's on YouTube, so. It is, it is. So if you want to uh, contemplate killing yourself. Mm. Um, what do you think of Kim Novak? 
I was just like, I guess that's Kim Novak. What about uh, Ralph Marway to D-Track? She was great. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. One of her best performances. <laughs> Apparently she was drunk the entire time. <laughs> Doesn't surprise me. She sings the, the titular song, right? Do you know what the, my Weezer part of the entire movie was? Or it wasn't weird, but it was the part where I was like, I felt really bizarre. It was um when when he like walks past the street performance performance in the beginning, right? Hmm. You can clearly hear a song, which is Bowie's voice, right? Which is so distinctive. But it's not Bowie singing. No. It's just weird. It's weird hearing his voice come out of different other people. And then there's that lavish musical number. There's multiple watching. like musical numbers, but there's a particularly lavish one in which uh, With the, the, the that they're watching in the one. cinema. Yeah, yeah, that was just so. It felt there was a lot of padding in here, and that's where the things like obviously it had money to like invest in this sort of useless scene. Not enough money to buy good scripts. But then, really. yeah, yeah, it almost feels like David Hibby should be like shot for like crimes against cinema. <laughs> Same with Bob Dylan. Certainly in the first half, the sound mixing is so appalling. <laughs> yeah. There's like the scene where he's in hospital bed and uh-huh. he's act- David Bowie's actually talking, but you can barely hear yeah. it. He's like... <laughs> no, no. I mean, but I think, I think that was supposed to be mixed. It's, but it's not even clear. Like it, it, you, like, it feels like, is there something wrong with this sound? Or am I supposed to hear that or not? Whereas, like, sound design should tell you, like, what you're supposed to hear and what you're not. And the music often drowns out dialogue and stuff like yeah, that. It's it just does. all over the place. It it's does. just a... Not the performances are terrible. It's just a, it's just a terrible movie. Just don't watch it. Definitely, if if you had a choice, definitely watch Master Anonymous. If someone if presented choice, watched between these two, Justin Jiggle. No, watch Justin Jiggle. Yeah, you gotta watch Master. Yes. Anonymous. No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, well, I think that's all I have to say about that. That's film. it. Yeah, that'll do. It's torture. Don't watch it. Unless, unless you're uh, the only situation in which you should watch it is if. The only two movies left on Earth are Bastard Anonymous and Just Jiggle. Then watch Just Jiggle destroy the DVD of Bastard Anonymous. That's the only circumstance. I would, I would hundred percent watch Master Anonymous every day for the rest of my life over watching Just Jiggle one more time. I would definitely do the opposite. So there you go. Okay. Well, should we fine? We'll live on our separate desert islands, like adjacent to one another, and I'll be like grumpily watching Master Anonymous. And I'll be dead. You'll be I'll dead. I'll kill myself. Yeah. Whereas I'll be reinvigorated daily by by Marston. <laughs> Maybe you'll finally understand what any of it means. Mm. Which is to say, you won't because there's anything at all. Cause it's just a bunch of garbage. Anyway, uh, are you excited for? Uh, so what, what do we? Okay, let's let's finish. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Uh, that's me. Goodbye to the audience, not you. I know. I was also goodbye to yeah. the audience. Yeah, I'm gonna stop the recording.